Welcome to Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Kelly. And I'm here to remind you, however you're listening and wherever you're listening, that as dads, we're just like moms. Except we're dads. Ha ha! Welcome to another episode of the Welcome to Fatherhood podcast, and I hope and pray that all of you had a very, very Merry Christmas and a safe time celebrating with your families. My wife and I, we took our six-month-old, now seven-month-old, to Georgia to visit my sister and my brother-in-law as they're expecting their first child. And it was the first time that me and my family, we were on the road together for this long. And it's quite interesting to be traveling for a period of about 13, 14 hours uh, driving with a baby in the back seat. So I took on all the responsibility for driving. My wife took on all the responsibility for taking care of the baby. And um, on our drive there, we drove in bad weather pretty much the whole time. The moment we left Pennsylvania, We left at about four o'clock in the morning, actually. Yeah, we left about four o'clock in the morning. And um, once we got to the latter part of Virginia into North Carolina, South Carolina, and then into Georgia, I mean, the weather was just horrible. So we basically drove the whole 14 hours or so in darkness. Um, That's how bad the weather was and the rain was just pouring and the visibility was horrible and the baby in the back seat you know all things considering he did well he was fussy but that's also to be expected and uh, my wife kept him entertained as best as she could and he slept and he pooped and uh, he pooped and uh, he pooped some more and um, oh I think I forgot to mention that he pooped some more (laughs) So that was that. Um, but our time in Georgia, once we got there, we had we got to rest. And it was good to see my sister, who's my younger sister, my brother-in-law, um, his child from a previous marriage. Uh, my older sister was there with her son. Uh, it, it was fun. It was really good to, to just spend time there. And we thought we were escaping the cold for a little bit, at least get some sun and some heat. That was not the case. The weather was in the 20s, low 20s. The couple of days that we were there, we had a quick turnaround because we were right back on the road uh, the Sunday after Christmas to be able to come back. And um, yeah, while we were there, my brother-in-law got to, and I, we got to bond uh, chopping some wood. Uh, I helped him smoke some, some brisket and some lamb, which was absolutely delicious for a dinner that we had Saturday night, a very intimate family dinner that we had. A couple of friends also showed up that were all COVID uh, vetted, and it was a great time. Music, we played Uno. It was fun, just joking and laughing and having a good time. It was such a great time to be with family and to create those memories. And then we drove back early Sunday morning at about 6 o'clock in the morning. We left Georgia 
to come back to Pennsylvania. And the drive was a lot more manageable this time with clear weather. Uh, the, the traffic was not bad at all, with the exception of a couple of spots that we came to bumper to bumper traffic. But beside that, it was great. The interesting thing is when we stopped in North Carolina for some food, my wife decided that she wanted to eat at Arby's and we've never eaten at Arby's before. So we're eating in the parking lot of Arby's. And then since we're not rushing back, right, like we're just hanging out. I said, you know, let's just walk around with the baby in the parking lot. So we're walking around in the parking lot and just kind of my wife making the baby laugh and he's just enjoying being with mommy and daddy. And then I look on the ground and folded on the ground were a couple of dollar bills. And I was like, wait a minute, is that, is that what I think it is? And I go and I pick it up and I found myself $2 in North Carolina. So if somebody's from North Carolina and they're missing $2, thank you so much for adding to my Christmas fund and to my son's college fund. So yeah, overall, it was a great time. My wife is the real MVP of this family for making sure that our baby was well taken care of during the almost, I mean, we tally everything up. We spent about a day driving, a little over a day driving. And um, babe, you're the real MVP. Thank you for taking care of our baby during the time. So it's been fascinating for me that when I browse Facebook to not see people's New Year's resolution this close to the new year. I mean, in the past, you know, like way back when, before the year 2020 happened, Facebook would be littered with people's New Year resolutions as early as like November Like that Thanksgiving turkey is not even digested yet. And people are just putting out their New Year's resolutions or at least part of the conversation is, you know, what the new year is going to look like and so far and so forth, expectations and what have you. Not the case this year. And I think it's a fascinating testament to the type of year 2020 has been. And I think in a way we're all as a culture tuned into one of the lessons that 2020 has taught us, at least for me. And, you know, I can't say this is true on a global scale, but I think at least within the culture here in this country, it seems like, you know, folks are kind of tuned into to, to this fact. And here's what I'm talking about. I think one of the most important lessons that we've learned this year is that we really need to appreciate each day for what it is. So it's cool to make plans for what you want to accomplish or what you want to do or what you feel you have to do. But it's also wise to make room for flexibility and unpredictability as well. Like it's okay to have variables that are outside of your control and it's okay to make room for that and not have everything hammered out or figured out to the T. And I really think that that's at the heart of the reason why people aren't coming out so uh, upfront as in years past 
in making New Year's resolution. And listen, I'm talking about people. I'm including myself also, because as of right now, I don't have a New Year's resolution, at least not a clearly defined one in my head. But that being said, it is kind of a tradition, right, that once the year that we're in is ending, like it's like setting goals for the for the upcoming year in the form of a New Year's resolution. And people have said, you know, lose weight or gain weight or eat better or uh, sleep more, um, a new job, maybe take a crack at another relationship or um, climb the financial ladder or whatever the case is. Like there are, you know, get a puppy or shed some people from your circles. Like there are thousands of different type of iterations of what a new year's resolution is. So because I haven't seen any and because I myself don't have a clear one defined in my mind, I figured let's keep with the tradition. Let me keep up with the tradition and let me be the one to throw one out there. It's not a revolutionary one. Let me just put that out there. It's not a revolutionary one, but I think it comes from a place of some of the changes and one of the biggest change that I've experienced this year. And so in the spirit of that tradition of putting out a new year's resolution here, here is my new year's resolution in 2021. My new year's resolution is to take care of my body and to take that goal seriously. And again, it's not a revolutionary one. It's actually one that I have said before in previous year. I've set this goal before, but obviously never got to it. But this time around, once I became a dad in 2020, it became very clear to me and very apparent that I had not been taking care of my body the way that I should have in previous years. And I didn't understand why that was such a thing in my mind until I started thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, the clearer it became to me. One of the gifts that I want to give my son as he's growing up and should my wife and I decide to have a second child that I want to give my children as they grow up is the gift of my physical body being available and accessible to them and their needs in their developmental state. What I mean by that is my son now is seven months old and he is getting more and more active each day. So I need to be able to be physically available to have him experience me as an active person as well, to be able to keep up with him. Quite honestly, there's a lot of male ego underneath that where there is no way I'm going to let my son outdo me once he starts running and playing sports and all of that stuff. Like I need to remind him that I'm daddy and he's this young puppy. Okay, so I need to give him the works. But and that's, you know, that's just what it is. But on a more serious note, I want to be able to gift that to my children so that in their memory, they're able to remember daddy doing these things with them. There's this meme or various iterations of this meme on the internet. And um, one of the iterations is of a guy who is clearly not in shape. 
And the quote says something to the effect of, this is not a dad bod. This is a father figure. And the first time I saw it, I was like, ha, this is funny. Another iteration is of a guy who is clearly not in shape and of a guy who is like chiseled, like the rock or something. And the not in shape person, you know, the, he is the representation of the dad bod and the in shape person is the father figure or the inverse of that. And so there are many iterations of that. Um, but I do think it's, it speaks to something. Some guys, once we become dads, we just kind of let it go. And we, if we were taking care of our bodies somewhat, or if we were kind of like me thinking about it, thinking about it, once we become dads, then that's it. No time, no energy, no nothing. Our whole world's become consumed by this kid or our work or a combination of family and drama, whatever happening, and we let it go. Others, on the other hand, take it more seriously and ramp up the efforts to be more fit and join uh, a gym or personal trainer and so far and so forth. And I think it's important as a father to be able to gift my child. And more generally speaking, I think it should be a goal for dads to be able to gift your children the gift of your physical presence, of your physical availability in terms of the mechanics and the functions and the, the overall state of your body. So I'm going to share three reasons on the importance of taking care of my body as a dad and more generally speaking for the importance of taking care of our body as dads. Number one, I only have one body and I want to be able to maximize it as long as possible. We invest in things that we find value in, whether it's for entertainment, whether it's for whatever the reason, we invest in things that we find value in. There are two athletes, a basketball player and a football player who are both known for the amount of money that they invest in their bodies. And here's the first one. This article is from Inc.com. And it's entitled, Why Seahawks Quarterback Russell Wilson Spends $1 million a Year on His Body. And he talks about it in an episode of the uh, Bill Simmons podcast, where he says that, He intends on playing until he's about 45 years old. And he said that he probably spends about a million dollars, if not more, a year on just his recovery. And this is what it goes toward. One full-time personal trainer. One full-time physical therapist. One full-time masseuse. Two chefs. And two hyperbaric chambers. A million dollars annually just to take care of his body. And Russell Wilson is one of the quarterbacks, one of the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. 
the other athlete is LeBron James. Per one report, according to Business Insider, per one report, LeBron says that he spends about $1.5 million a year to take care of his body. And that cost covers the cost for his home gym, trainers, massage therapists, chefs, appliances, and more. In order for me to continue to be LeBron James as LeBron James has been for the past 100 years in the NBA, I need to be able to be physically available and ready to do and take on the demands of an 82-game season, night in and night out, not including the playoffs, which is an expectation, has been an expectation for LeBron James forever, or even Russell Wilson, you know, making it into the playoffs and another Super Bowl since he won his first Super Bowl. And so these guys realize that their bodies is the investment that they need to make. Obviously, I'm not a millionaire. Obviously, I'm not even an upper echelon thousandaire. I'm like basking and gloating in the hundredaire realm. And I don't have $1.5 million or $1 million to be able to invest in my body in the way that LeBron and Russell Wilson does. But that doesn't mean that I don't have things within my means and I don't have ways within my means to be able to invest in my body. And for me, that's that's the key within my means. How is it that I can find ways to invest in my body and to be able to take my health more seriously as a means to boost my self-confidence and as a means to keep my body functional and fresh? So reason number one, I only have one body and I want to maximize it as long as possible. Here's the second reason why I think it's important to take care of my body as a dad. I want to be physically available for my wife or my children and my children. Actually, I want to gift my son the gift of my physical presence, as I said before, of my available and able body. I want to be able to pick him up. I want to be able to run around. I want to be able to crawl on the floor with him. I want to be able to roll around on the floor with him. I want to be able to chase him once he starts running. I want to be able to play soccer with him, to play basketball with him, to play baseball with him, to play whatever sport he wants to play or he's into with him as he's growing. And in order for me to do that, I need to get this body conditioned now so that it has a routine and and it's build up some some strength and resistance and what have you in order to be able to offer that gift to my son or my children down the line. And also to be able to offer a healthy body to the woman who committed her life to me for the rest of her life. So it's important for me to be able to, to, to be available. That's what I'm calling it, to be available, physically and ably available to my wife, to my child now, or my children in the future. So that's the second reason why I think it's important for me to take care of my body as a dad. And the third reason, which is encompassing of the first two, is so that I can set a good example 
to teach my child or my children the importance of taking care of one's body, taking care of your health seriously. And also, I think more importantly, showing proper respect and reverence for one's own body. Listen, if you've listened to this podcast in any other episode, you've probably come across some hint of the influence that my faith and spirituality play in my outlook on life. And I think that each and every one of us, as we walk around this world, this earth, we owe a proper level of respect and reverence, not just to our own bodies, but to everybody else as well. And so I want to teach my children that, and I need to be the one to set that example. So number one, I only have one body, and that is true for all of us. And I think it is important and it is absolutely essential that I maximize whatever this body has to has left, <laughs> whatever this body has left for as long as possible. I want to be able to be physically available for my wife and my child or my children. And I want to set the example to teach my son presently or future kids the importance of taking one's health seriously as well as showing a proper level of respect and reverence for one's body. And by instilling that last one in them to be able to hopefully get them to see the world in that way, that they need to respect other people's bodies and they need to give the proper level of respect out of reverence for other people's bodies. Uh, that's my New Year's resolution. So how do I plan on doing that? Plan on eating a lot healthier, uh, exercising, obviously getting some quality rest consistently. I am horrible at drinking water, sufficient water. So be able to drink some water uh, more consistently um, and not just, you know, taking care of the physical body, but also making sure that I'm taking care of my mental health that I'm taking care of my spiritual health, that I'm taking care of my emotional health. All of that to me is encompassed in taking care of my body. So that's my new year resolution. If you want to share your new year's resolution, if you have one with me and those in the welcome to fatherhood podcast community, drop me a line at wtfatherhoodpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what your New Year's resolution is. said we are three or four days away from the new year 2020 has been quite the year and i think if any of us were paying attention there is much that we can learn from 2020 and that we have learned from everything that this year has shown us and has taught us in 2021 
Let's not live our lives as if 2020 never happened. Let's take the lessons that 2020 offered, that we learned from 2020, the challenges that arose. Let's take 2020 for what it was, for what it is, for what it will stand for. And let's apply the good things to the way that we live our lives beginning in 2021. And so to all of you, continue to be safe. Have a happy, happy new year. To those of you going into the new year with broken hearts and pieces of you missing, I send my love, my hug, my good vibes, my empathy, my embrace to you and your families. Let's move into 2021 with a level of humility, empathy towards one another. Hug your wives, hug your children, hug your husbands. Tell the people that you love that you love them. Happy New Year, and I'll talk to you soon.